Welcome everybody to the Tag Your It Podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I am David Van Bevel. And we've got a special guest with us today. You see him on the screen. You have not seen him in a while, but he has been a part of the Tag Your It Podcast um, on other issues before. Uh, who? What's your name, dude? Charles Smith. Charles Smith, that's right. So he's a fellow Missouri Baptist apologist uh, with me. And Dave, you're still... Yes, network, I right? am on the network. All right. I am listed as pastor of Lynn Valley Community Church in Lynn Valley, Kansas. I am the only Missouri Baptist Apologetics Network member who is stationed in the state of Kansas, yet I am like four miles away from the border. So what, what even, have you? We, we, we want you. That's right. That's <laughs> I'm right. I'm glad we, to be here. I, one of the things I wanted to say is Charles is also an abolitionist, by the mm, way. That is an awesome mm-hmm. thing. So, yeah, you've committed to abolitionism. Equal protection is the next uh, thing up. So I'm going to need some help uh, whenever it comes to the Missouri Baptist, uh, the, the meeting that we have this year, our annual meeting. I'm probably going to need you and, and other people. If you're listening to this in Missouri, I'm going to need you as well to uh, get get to be a part of the uh, Missouri Baptist for the abolition of, of abortion, which is a part of Taggart Ministries anyway. But that is an absolute different episode. We have given you lots of abolition stuff and abortion stuff that and we are going to continue that conversation. But we wanted to bring on something else because there is so much more going on in the world we do not want to be one trick ponies here, so we have brought Charles to come on the show because he's got something uh, coming up in exactly four days, 18 hours, six minutes, and 46 seconds, okay? So I've got a website up that talks about this a conference that he's going to put on, but before we get there, Charles, since you haven't been on in a while, last time we had you on, I think we talked about the uh, prophecies of Jehovah's Witnesses and stuff like that. We have a couple episodes about that, so if you guys want to, after this episode, go back in our catalog to talk, to uh, listen to those kind of things, because th- that's some awesome information to know whenever you're talking um, to Jehovah's Witnesses, that stuff that, you know, hold them accountable for, um, so that's, that's right. great, but but we are talking about a conference here. Um, but anyway, Charles, uh, please just give a brief introduction of yourself again. Who are you? Yes, you're an apologist. Why are you an apologist? All this kind of thing. Just like little brief statement on that. Okay. Well, I'm Charles Smith. I uh, work from uh, Farmington, Missouri. Uh, I was a Jehovah's Witness for 38 years of my life. And I came to Christ uh, reading uh, the scripture in a kingdom hall one day, 1 John 5, 9 through 13 where the witness of Jehovah to me was that I had eternal life right now if I had Jesus Christ. So that scripture changed my life. Uh, Then I found out, too, all of the various uh, false prophecies that they were involved in. And um, it wasn't long where I I made my exit from that organization. Um, Now what I do is, um, well, I pastor a church. I've been part of the the, uh, Interfaith Outreach Department which was a really great program that the Southern Baptists had when I first became a Christian. And probably the reason that I am a Southern Baptist today is because the Southern Baptists were the only major denomination that were interested in reaching out to the cults and training their people on how to witness to Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses and Muslims and the New Age and that type of thing. So I really did appreciate that program. And I became, I, I was 
I was, you know, absorbed into it almost immediately. Uh, Ken James, who was on your program not too long ago, mm -hmm. was my mentor in that program and uh, really a great guy. And uh, I, I actually qualified to teach on Mormons before I qualified to teach on Jehovah's Witnesses. But mm -hmm. uh, uh, I've really enjoyed uh, the, the privilege to serve and to share with the different congregations uh, throughout the, the country, throughout the Midwest here. Now, uh, I think it's great that the, the Interfaith Outreach Department kind of dissolved because of the lack of funds at one point. Now, we really do appreciate the Missouri Apologetics Network because it's sort of a mini organization similar to what we had. And um, uh, it gives us an opportunity to, to bring different speakers into our churches and to learn about uh, the Jehovah's mm -hmm. Witnesses, the Mormons, uh, New Age. We had one gentleman that um, uh, shared with us uh, from, uh, I, I can't think, think of his name right now, but he shared with us about modalism, uh, the United Pentecostal uh, movement, and uh, it was really great. And then we had Roger Shear at our church uh, not too long ago that shared with us on how he became a Christian after being an atheist, and, and actually kind of an atheist that loved to ruin you know, other Christians' faith. And now mm -hmm. he's a, he's going to speak at our conference, by the way. Yeah. But uh, I also got involved in, in the Witnesses Now for Jesus. Whenever I was, uh, uh, have, was coming out of the Jehovah's Witnesses, mm -hmm. there was a group of people that were meeting in, in Pennsylvania, uh, and these folks were called Witnesses Now for Jesus. And it was Joan and Bill Settner. And I had seen them on television on the John Ankerberg show before. And so uh, this was a great conference. I mean, we'd, we'd go to that conference. There'd be two or 300 people that would come to that conference. And then we'd go out uh, and we would demonstrate in front of the Brooklyn uh, headquarters of the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. So it was really a, a great time for me. It really helped me to solidify my Christian walk. And um, I said, you know what? What we need to do is to have one of these in the Midwest. So we started about four years ago. Uh, having the Jehovah's Witnesses or the Witnesses Now for Jesus conference in the Midwest. And this is our fourth year. And uh, if you can see this yeah. uh, paper here, the theme of our conference this year is there is something better. Mm. And of course, mm. something better is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah, the real, the real deal Jesus Christ as he is, yeah. uh, you know, espoused of himself who is God and all that stuff. But yeah, that's, that's an awesome um, way to, you know, to start the conversation. There is something better because that's definitely makes your ears kind of go up. You know, you're just kind of like, well, I, I believe in Jesus, but you're saying that you believe in Jesus too, but your Jesus is better than my Jesus. And that, you know, that kind of a, that is a great conversation to, <laughs> to, to have. Well, really, yeah. The situation that I've kind of got in my mind is that, uh, their relationship is not really with Jesus. Their relationship mm -hmm. with, is with an organization. Um, they, they think that, that their salvation is wrapped up in being part of the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. Mm -hmm. The problem with the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society is they're a false prophet organization. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I don't want to go into all these false prophecies, but most Jehovah's Witnesses today, my age and a little bit younger, know that the Watchtower Society has said for decades that 1914 would be the beginning of the end and that within the generation of 1914 forward, one generation, there would be the complete annihilation of all the world governments and uh, God's new order will be here. 
and uh, Jesus will be reigning as king within the generation that saw the events of 1914. That generation is over. And now yeah. then they're trying to tell these people that, uh, well, generations overlap. Well, Jesus said there would be one generation and these things would be fulfilled. Okay, if Jesus said, well, mm -hmm. he didn't say two generations. He said mm -hmm. one generation. So an overlapping generation makes it two generations. So they're, they're going beyond what is written. Oh yeah. And, and, and everybody, and that's what you came on to uh, talk with us last time. So again, guys uh, go back into the backlog and because that's really important information and uh, to, to understand the false prophet organization, do they want yeah. to continue to put their faith and their trust in this organization or do they want something better? Do they mm -hmm. want to put their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ? I, my soundbite is transfer the faith that you have in this organization, this false prophet organization, over to the person of Jesus Christ. That's my yeah. sound. Charles, one of the things that I am always so encouraged about by you is you were a member of the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. You were raised in it. And you have a heart for people who are in the organization. Tell me a little bit about how that heart has developed and even how that's motivated you to continue to put on conferences like this, because that's always what I think about when I think about you. Well, um, you know, I was raised a Jehovah's Witness, like you said, and, and I, I really love these people. They're, they're, uh, the time that I was raised in uh, the organization was... Uh, my formidable years was like the end of the fifties and the beginning of the sixties, right in that period of time. And, uh, we, we had, a, I had a lot of good friends. I mean, the, the, the kids at the kingdom hall were like my, uh, my cousins and my brothers and sisters really, because I didn't have any brothers and sisters as an only child, but, um, uh, I really had a heart for those. I like those people. Um, and uh, I would like to, for those people to have what I have and that's eternal life. I would like for those people to, to, uh, uh, to, to jettison their relationship with this false prophet organization and develop a relationship with Jesus Christ and receive the free gift of eternal life. That's so much better. Uh, and I know it's hard for these folks. Uh, I mean, people at like my age, they have grandchildren and great grandchildren and uh, the investment that they have is, uh, is great. And it's mm -hmm. a tough thing for them to look this squarely in the eye and say, there's something wrong here. And, uh, and then the, to lose everything, lose their whole family and everything. Uh, and I had to face that too, but I was younger. I, you know, I was younger. But yeah. um, what is eternal life worth? What is eternal life worth? Is it, isn't eternal life worth everything? I mean, isn't it worth everything uh, to receive the free gift of eternal life, uh, uh, to, 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 to put your hope and your trust in Jesus Christ? Is it that difficult uh, to do um, whenever the gain is so great? You know, so uh, I just want them to have what I have. And I know that I have eternal life. Why do I know I have eternal life? Because God told me. Mm, so amen. in First John, the fifth chapter. 9 through 13, we have the witness of Jehovah God himself. And the witness of Jehovah God is that if you have my son, you have eternal life. I write you these things that you may know that you have eternal life. You who put your faith in the name of the son of God. I've got Amen. it. I don't Amen. have to wait for a thousand years and then maybe get it. Maybe not. That's another thing about them. About them. They never know if they're, yeah. they're going to take it. They so tell me about how you were able, Charles, to get that heart of 
that same heart you have regarding the lostness of people who are stuck in the bondages of the Jehovah Witness cult, the how did you get that transformed and input into the heart of the people in your congregation? Well, uh, I think that you have to find a person with a similar heart. And uh, I think that Daniel Wayne is that kind of person. Mm. He is, he is uh, committed to apologetics. Uh, he, um, for, I, the first meeting that we had was um, in Farmington at the Long Memorial Hall. And, um, that was the first witnesses now for Jesus about four years ago. And Daniel came over to that. He was invited and he came and um, he furnished a bus to, you know, shuttle people back and forth to eat lunch and that type of thing. And he was really into it. He really did enjoy it. And Daniel has a heart for apologetics. So uh, it's one of, you know, I've been to several different churches and this is the only church where, where the pastor was passionate about apologetics. And I think that's one of the reasons that we've clicked and we've been able to do that because he is in 100%. So you've been doing the conference for four years. Um, tell me a little bit about how it's developed to where we are this year and kind of where your direction is this year with the conference. Well, it's pretty simple. You know, you just think of a theme and, and uh, uh, you, you line up speakers to um, speak on the different subjects we have in the past dealt with a lot of, um, uh, of, um, actual doctrinal issues like the, the triune God and, and, uh, eternal punishment, uh, uh, you know, the eternal soul, uh, you know, the deity of Jesus Christ, the, the basic, um, the resurrection, the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. We've dealt with all these things in the past. Also, the history of the Watchtower Society. Uh, this last time we had a, a meeting, we, we dealt with several different groups, the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society, Mormons, and uh, Islam. And we call that conference uh, the Call to Samaria. Yeah. Um, this year, I, I just wanted to focus on Jesus Christ. I wanted the focus to be that Jesus Christ is something that's so much better than religion, any kind of religion. I mean, uh, we're, we're not we're not here at this conference promoting the Southern Baptist denomination or the Methodist or the the uh, Assemblies of God. We are here promoting Jesus Christ. My my sound value is there are many tribes in spiritual Israel. I want people to get a relationship with Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit will take care of the rest of this stuff, you know, uh, just the way He did me. And mm -hmm. but the focus of this conference is Jesus Christ. Jesus said, if you lift me up, I will draw men to me. And that's what we're, we're trying to do. Show, show how Jesus is just so much better. That's the whole theme this year. Next yeah, year, I don't know. I, I'm thinking about next year. I'm kind of thinking about a focus on um, um, atheism because these Jehovah's Witnesses and these people are coming out of the culture just jumping right into nothing. They're jumping mm, yeah. into atheism. A lot of them are becoming atheists. They don't even believe anymore. And um, this is a challenge to the church, and we we're touching on that on in our um, conference here. We the, we're going to have Roger Shear give his testimony, and he's the former atheist. And then we're going to have um, uh, Dr. Robert Bowman, who is a premier apologist in the United States of America, one of the premier apologists, and he's going to talk on um, losing faith in a false religion without losing faith in Christ. Mm, I, yeah, that, yeah, you know that's an important topic. 
Yeah, and that's uh, that really goes on into yeah what we've talked about on the show um, a lot within the past year. You know, not that's not abolition <laughs> and, and stuff like that, um, but just the whole like deconstruction issue. So a lot of people are deconstructing instead of going from faith to faith and going like, well, here's what I believed, but here's what the Bible says, and I've believed wrongly and repenting to Scripture. They're just going. Uh, this guy, this one was wrong, so that must be wrong too. And then we're we're backing off, and so you know, just kind of like the the theme that we should be mm-hmm. definitely part of is uh, the you know the war on deconstructionism. Um, that's a spiritual war that uh, all apologists should be tuned into. So I'm glad you're bringing Roger Shearer. He's also been on our podcast too to uh, tell us his testimony and uh, how he came from atheism into Christianity. And actually he was in some other things too. So it was, you know, it's a, it's a wider thing, but I'm glad that you're having Roger Shear because I think he's a perfect one to have this year to get into next year, if that's what you want to talk about, but he can kind of be some connective tissue from year to year. But yes, um, please uh, talk about, uh, you know, who is coming, who is speaking, Speaking at the conference, and what are they? What will they be speaking on? Because it looks like you got a few, um, missed, you got quite a few, but then you have like two major speakers that uh, that you're bringing to the fore on the website. Yeah, we're, we're we've already mentioned uh, Roger Shear. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Roger there. Um, he he came to our church a few weeks back or a month or so, and uh, he knocked it out of the park. I mean, he mm-hmm. hit he hit slam. Uh, it, it was really, really interesting to listen to him and his testimony. He's going to be there. Um, Rob Phillips. Let's see, can you see Rob? Yeah, there he is. Rob Phillips is going to be there. We know who Rob is. Oh, yes. He's, uh, he's going to speak to us uh, on Sunday morning as well. Um, and uh, he's going to speak. Uh, his his t- topic will be helping people find something. No, yeah, helping people find something. No, why Christ is better. And yes. then Al Stewart and Chris, uh, is going to bring Chris Marshall, who is an ex-Jehovah's Witness. His mother and father still uh, work at the the uh, headquarters in New York. And Chris Marshall is going to come with uh, Reverend Al Stewart, and um, they'll be helping us to see how to help other people find something better. Rob will be talking on why Christ is better. Um, then we have a young lady by the name of Elaine Bale. There's her picture there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Elaine Bale. She has a she has a web not a website but a Facebook account, and she has like a hundred thousand hits on this thing. And she actually will critique the Watchtower study for that that uh, that that Sunday. They have a Watchtower study, and she will critique the study, go down through the study article and with the questions and everything, and actually critique it. She has she has really been a blessing and. Um, uh, Hundred thousand hits, yeah. I think some she's doing some good out there with some awesome. folks. And and then then we got Paul Blizzard. Let me see if I can get his picture here. Here's got Paul Blizzard, and you can't see him too well, but him and his wife, great people. Uh, he was a missionary to Vietnam for ten years, but I heard him give a testimony back in the eighties, and the situation was that his little girl needed a blood transfusion. And uh, he did all the things that he was supposed to do. And finally, the doctors told him, look, if she doesn't have this, she's not going to have a chance. And so he gave this little girl a blood transfusion and they disfellowshipped him for it. And he's mm-hmm. been op- on the Oprah Winfrey show. And I mean, he's, he's been everywhere. He's been everywhere, man. You heard that song? He's been there. <laughs> he, he, yeah. uh, he graduated from um, uh, Louisville uh, Seminary. He's, he, 
He preached and uh, taught at some churches, was a pastor of some churches in the Louisville area. Then he went into Vietnam, and he's been in Vietnam for 10 years as a missionary. So he's, he's had life after the Watchtower. I mean, he's had quite a life. And it'll be interesting to hear his um, uh, testimony. And then, of course, we have... Dr. Robert Bowman. All right. This man is one of the premier, you know, is one of the premier apologists of our day. I mean, some of the books that he has written are just fantastic. They've helped me. They help. I remember reading his book on uh, uh, um, on the on John, the first chapter, you know, the uh, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Uh, I, I, he, he wrote a book completely devoted to that subject and uh, it really helped me whenever I was coming out. So Bob Bowman is, is one of the, one of the best. We got a good, we got a good lineup guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like it. And so, yeah, so, you know, it's like, I hope that people uh, realize uh, the light that they are receiving and, you know, like, do you expect to possibly have a lot of Jehovah's witnesses show up just to hear uh, the news mm-hmm. or is this going to be primarily more of a believers uh, equipping or is this a, you know, is there word well, getting there, around? Maybe there'll be some that will catch it on uh, uh, Facebook. We're going to have it on our, our church's page. But, uh, you know, you can't get a Jehovah's Witness to come into a church if they're active Jehovah's Witness. Yeah. They're going to maybe watch something on the slide, but they're not going to they're not going to march in church. Uh, we will have ex-Jehovah's Witnesses there that will be encouraged and help. I think that um, we're, we should have regular, you know, bona fide Christians who have never been Jehovah's Witnesses should be showing up. Because they're going to be encouraged. I mean, you talk about a revival. You come to one of these things, and a, any Christian is going to be revived when they come to one of these conferences. They're going to hear testimonies that will warm their heart. They're going to be encouraged. They're going to learn more about how to witness, uh, how to share Christ, how to defend the doctrines of the faith. I mean, this is a great thing for Christians, and we want pastors to come. We want uh, every anybody that will come it will be an experience that they won't forget and that they will definitely be enriched spiritually by the event. Yeah. And so, oh yeah, go for it. Dave. Yeah. Farmington <laughs> is a beautiful place. I uh, have been there the Bond last two. Uh, Bond, yeah. Sorry. Be in That's right. But that area, very beautiful. Was I staying last year? Did I stay in Farmington in the, the yeah. hotel yeah. there? Beautiful yes, area. Really, yeah. really nice place. Uh, Tell me a little bit. Say that again. It's kind of a Norman Rockwell kind of a town. Hmm. Yeah, it really is beautiful. If you've never been there, great way to spend your Friday night and Saturday, or is it just a Saturday conference and Sunday? Uh, Tell me a little bit about that. And uh, if someone is looking at going, how do they register? They just come in the door and register. Uh, There's nothing, there's no charge for no registration fee. There will be a free, you know, free will offering. Uh, the doors will open at nine o'clock. We'll start our praise and worship at nine thirty, and we will run until about um, five fifteen, five thirty ish, something like that, where we'll have our closing thoughts and comments. And then Sunday, uh, we're going to have a regular Sunday school. I'm going to have a Sunday school class for the uh, the attendees, the persons that have come from the different uh, sections of the country, the speakers, and I'm going to have a Sunday school class on the first chapter of revelation. And, um, we'll see how that turns out. Hmm. Uh, hmm. <laughs> and then, and Rob, 
Rob is going to give the uh, uh, the sermon. Rob Phillips is going to give the sermon, and then we're going to have a communion, and that will end our services for the week. You know, one of the things that was so impressive to me when I went in 2020, when you had it and you didn't let COVID shut it down, was that you had people coming in from California to attend the conference. I was really impressed with that. You've had good reception. Tell me about how this is a whole church effort, because I think that that's a key piece for the success of this. Well, um, the, you know, everybody is enthused about the, uh, the conference and uh, the local association has been promoting it and has uh, sent out information and um, brochures to the various churches in our area. So we expect um, and we expect uh, some pastors and some of the co- uh, congregates from those from those uh, pastors' churches to come along with them. Uh, and it just uh, you know it, you put the stuff out there, you cast your bread upon the water, and uh, we'll just see what happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. So, I mean, you've been spending so much time, I'm sure, on this uh, conference. And so, you know, doing all the uh, legwork and all that. Um, but I want to know more uh, what's going on because uh, we haven't really talked and hung out other than, you know, going on the past podcast and stuff. But, but really, I mean, we haven't really talked face to face since uh, October last year. And as the Missouri Baptist Apologetics Network talked about, you know, just getting a little bit more involved, uh, getting more of your stuff out there um, for Missouri Baptist to be able to access, especially on the website and stuff. But, um, you know, other than this conference, uh, are you working on anything? Do you have any writings going on? You know, you've written that little, I remember we we talked about the little book that you wrote, and then we've got the prophecies that you've put together and all that kind of stuff of Jehovah's Witnesses. Is there anything else new that you've been working on or you're going to start? Week those uh, trying to get those uh, shaped up a little bit in a little bit better uh, form. Um, you know, you mentioned about the uh, the network. It would really be nice to see some of the guys from the network show up. <laughs> you know, we have these conferences and we have these things, and uh, if they're not a speaker, they don't show. And uh, we're going to have to support each other. We're going to have to ask each other to. We're going to have to share in our churches, and we're going to get this thing going because. Um, you know, other than I just don't see a whole lot of activity out there. Do you guys? Mm. Yeah, that's I one mean, of the things that we support? really do. We support? I mean, for, for the when we have these things, I mean, we had support there at the convention, but they're all there anyway, you know. Mm. Uh, but uh, I'd like to see folks from the network attend these things and support these things. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I can hear you. No, I'm with you very much. It's been the two years that I went. It was exceptional. Um, I still haven't marked for sure. I wanted to try to go, but with with gas being what it is, I've been a little bit hesitant to pull the trigger just yet. Uh, I've got to discuss some things with my wife, but it has been a worthwhile conference both times I went. I loved it. And Charles, uh, you the piece that you created a year ago with us where you went through the primary doctrines, I've never seen anybody do what you did there. Uh, And so my one piece is to encourage individuals to invite Charles to their church. You will not find a more robust presentation of what the Jehovah Witnesses believe and how to mm-hmm. refute them and do so lovingly other than what Charles does. And I would encourage you to step back in our catalogs and take a look at that presentation because we pulled up and had on the screen 
direct quotes, primary sources. There is no one that I have ever seen do the primary source material and expose that Charles has done because he was deeply entrenched in this until Christ delivered him. But yeah, I want to encourage if you're part of the Missouri Baptist Apologetics Network, if you're in the state of Missouri, anywhere close, it is worth a two, three, four hour drive. And there's a great, beautiful hotel that you can stay in that I stayed in last year. And there's an excellent catfish house there too. Um, that was awesome. We're going that, that, that to have the uh, the fellowship meal too, uh, which will be Friday night at 630. Um, you know, you mentioned some of the things that the uh, network is going to have. Aren't they going to have a uh, kind of a discussion or debate on the various views, uh, eschatological views of Revelation uh, at the uh, uh, the big meeting this year? Yeah, That's, there is. I was told. I was told by this guy over here. Um, yes, and that I'm involved Looking again. So that. yes, yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> I mean, this is the first time we'll get to. Put- yeah, we'll get to put that out. Of course, Adam will be involved in a four-person debate. Uh, he will be presenting the uh, post-mill position. Uh, uh-huh. Gabe Zalea will be putting forward the amill position. Man, that one's going to be tough, Colton Wright too. will be putting forward the historic pre-millennialist position, and Dennis Jackson will be putting forward the uh, dispensationalist position, both post-trib and pre-trib, he's kind of grouping those two things together, but mostly just the, the dispensational position. And so we there's still a few things. On that. We, need to, we need to get the word out on that because that should draw a crowd. I mean, I'm, I will not miss that. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, it comes down to it, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm happy that uh, we get to hear these conferences and support uh, you that way. And I uh, hope that people get a hold of this and they get a hold of that. But the, the big thing is, is getting Charles to your church too. So he's, you know, he can throw these conferences together. People will come, they're worth it. They're great. But also if you can't make that, have Charles come have me come, have Dave come to your church and uh, talk about our, you know, or anybody on the network. Um, You can go to the website and you can find their specialties, what they want to talk about and have them come talk about it. So I know in, uh, in September on September 11th, I'll be going up to uh, Camdenton and uh, speaking on presuppositional apologetics. That's something that Rob Phillips is also talking about apologetics at too. So, um, you know, there's there, we are all here and available. And so, yeah, again, if you want to talk about Jehovah's witnesses, if you can't, make this conference which you should and you should watch it on facebook if you can but if you can't still have him come because i'm sure you've got kingdom halls in your town and you've got people to equip if you're a pastor um you are called in ephesians to equip your saints to do ministry and your saints and your and those pews are called to do ministry themselves and you are the one to equip them and charles me dave there's all, all these all these gifts that are given especially in missouri baptist life we have gifts we are throwing them out there and we can only go ha- as, as men, we can go halfway with each other. We've thrown ourselves out there. We are putting podcasts together. We're putting conferences together, but let's come together. Let's uh, let's meet one another. Let's join in one prophetic voice to do what to teach who Jesus is and show the world that there is something better in Christ. So one more little piece before we shut down on this. And uh, this is something that I want to encourage you, Charles. I want to kind of answer one of your questions on how you can be more involved. You know, there are always recent developments within cults and within the cultures of those cults. And one of the things I would be curious about 
What have we seen recently within the developments of the Kingdom Hall uh, and the Watchtower Bible and Track Society that we should be on our guard for? And how are you addressing those currently? But then likewise, I want to extend an invitation. When you do hear those things, contact us because we are always excited to get someone on to, to deal with those things. But what are some of the recent trends that you see kind of coming out of the Watchtower Bible and Track Society that alarm you? And how do well, you confront them? They cut. They have really cut back um, as far as the distribution of their literature. They're, it seemed like they're going more, uh, um, you know, with the internet, um, that type of thing, uh, more so than even the house to house ministry. And are uh, many many people right now in the congregation are writing letters. Have you gotten the letter from a Joel? Oh, I get letters all the time. Okay, that's beautiful. See, that's, and then you can write back. You know, mm -hmm. back. I, you know, people have given me the letters that they have received, and I have uh, uh, enjoyed, you know, answering the Jehovah's Witnesses. And, uh, and so that's something that they're doing. They're writing a lot of letters. Don't throw those letters in the trash. Give them to your pastor or give them to somebody that can answer the questions or, 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 or just simply tell a Jehovah's Witness that you're saved and why you're saved and, and why you believe in Jesus Christ and give them your testimony. Thank them for their concern, but but uh, write back and, and, and tell them, look, you don't have to be concerned about me. You know, I have, I have eternal life. I've received eternal life, the free gift of eternal life from Jesus. And, uh, you know, share your testimony with them. Uh, that's what they see. It's like cutting back on uh, the uh, the house to house activity and we're going for letters and uh, encouraging people to go to jw.org and to to uh, you know have their their bible studies and stuff that they have on there they they're kind of moving away it seems it seems you know 100% on this but it seems they're moving away from the door to door activity yeah so we're going to have to be paying a little bit more attention as apologists online um seeing especially if you're a pastor of your church where your where your congregation going because you know you can look up stuff online and like you can type in a theological question and jw.org will be up first or you know a latter-day saint website might be up first i've i've looked like i i did a i preached a sermon a couple weeks ago and just doing some like looking for commentary looking for little things here and there just to see where everybody else is like those links came up first it was Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses before I'd get to somebody that I knew or, you know, somebody that would be a Baptist or Presbyterian or anything like that. It was Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons. So, you know, we have to pay attention. If it's going to be online, it's not door to door. Um, that's a little bit more of a sneak attack um, into people's homes. So, but yeah, thank you for that trend, because if that's true, we need to be even more on guard for our brothers and sisters. Even if we're not pastors, we need to care about our, where our brothers and sisters are going and getting information from because this stuff can be detrimental. Yeah. So, and this makes the conference even more, uh, you know, needful thing to be able to do and equip people. So again, thank you for, um, just your continued, uh, work for Jesus, um, in the making these conferences and you're just wonderful spirit of an excited spirit that you have to get to know people, to love people and to give them Jesus Christ, no matter, um, which faith, that wherever they're holding their faith, you're ready to speak the true faith of Jesus Christ into. And so I love your spirit. I love your, your love for people um, because you're truly, you can see that you have uh, the fruit that of Christ being made in you 
for loving the unlovable people um, that we can definitely toss off. So I appreciate that about you. Well, there it is. The There Is Something Better conference this weekend, and that would be July 23rd. And we want to encourage you. It is actually show up. You don't need to pre-register. It is at Sunrise Baptist Church in Terre, Missouri. Beautiful, beautiful area. Definitely worth the drive. Make a weekend trip out of it. And I guess if you want to join them for that fellowship of catfish, which was awesome last year. And actually, one of my favorite things about my going to the conference last year was as we were walking out, um, I'm walking out with Charles and up, up walks two Mormon missionaries. And I thought to myself, they do not know what they have just walked into. And uh, mm-hmm. we had a great discussion with them about 30 minutes. And uh, of course, they never followed up with me, but uh, definitely we were able to plant some seeds. And so just just a cool thing how God directed us. I mean, I was here I am walking beside Charles and, and Rob and these two Mormon missionaries engage us. And it was just just beautiful, just beautiful. And mm-hmm. I want to say one thing too, and I, I want this to be recorded too. One of the things I love about you, Charles, is you go out of your way to create community with people in your church. And that was such a beautiful picture going back to your house and talking about everyone's person, everyone's testimony as we sat in your front room. Um, it was beautiful, man. Uh, and I loved, I loved hearing all the good things that the folks in your group had to say about your pastor. Just, uh, yeah, uh, Daniel is a great, great brother as well. So we're just so thankful for those partnerships and friendships. And you have an extended invitation, Charles. Uh, we want you on our program. Now that you know how to do it on your phone, you're always welcome to join us, brother. So thank you so much. Well, we're going to kind of wrap things up now. And uh, Adam, I'll let you give our, our our instructions, even though you've been on. I think this is your third or fourth time on, Charles. Um, but I'll let, uh, Adam give you those instructions as we close out. All right. Well, dude, thank you so much again for your time and, uh, taking your time out of your day to do this. And we hope, um, that, uh, this podcast helps people know about it. And if they don't get it this year, that they'll be watching for next year. So with that said, this is the tag, your it podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I'm David Van Bubber. And we got Earl Smith, Soli, Deo. Warriors.